Family friend parties are something a lot of immigrant communities are familiar with. A few families with the same culture across the world come together for lunch or dinner or potlucks. I used to go almost every weekend, the houses rotating each week. I remember distinctly one moment in the dining room of my friend Sandhya's house, where all the kids were banished to. I was hungry and was calling my mom to bring me something. Around me, everyone was chattering. The children are English and Tamil, and the parents mostly in Tamil. I asked my mom for some chapati, which is this flatbread roti that's really commonly eaten in my circle. And I wasn't thinking much about it. It was a regular request, something I've done thousands of times, whether it was in my home or elsewhere. I can't really remember what was so special about this specific moment. But it was one of the first times that it hit me that what I spoke wasn't the same as everybody else in that dining room. I remember turning to my friends at that dining table and asking them if they understood what I was saying or if I just sounded a little bit crazy. And even when I repeated things multiple times, no one understood my simple request. No one knew I was asking for chapati. In fact, they couldn't even understand anything, despite me understanding every single word of what they spoke. Hi, I'm Akriti. For a long time in my life, I thought I was Tamil. The language I spoke with my parents was sure, a little bit different. But Tamil was in the movies I watched, in the songs I listened to, and the media I consumed. Tamil is one of the oldest languages that is still spoken. In fact, it's spoken by 78 million people across the world. When I visit India, I visit a place called Tamil Nadu, which literally translates to Tamil land, where 90% of the population speaks Tamil. I, on the other hand, understood Tamil perfectly. But when it came to forming the words, they just wouldn't come out. I was receptively bilingual in Tamar. So what really was the language I was speaking? For me, what do you speak was a complicated question. So, what do you speak? I can speak Chinese. Je parle français. I speak an evolved language, one that traveled and transformed from the state of Karnataka to the state of Tamil Nadu under the Mysore kings, the rulers of the southern Indian kingdom of Mysore from about the late 1300s to 1950. My parents told me it was Kannada, so I turned to Google Translate. How do you say, I don't know? Nanage gotilla. From Kannada was as unfamiliar to me as French. The Tamil, sounded awkward coming out of my mouth. My way of saying it? I speak this language, a language passed down and adjusted from generation to generation. But to my university, it didn't count. I saw my peers taking special bilingual courses for their heritage languages. But for me, my language wasn't even considered real and would never fulfill my major's language requirement. Around me, Language is highlighted as this form of connection and meaningfulness and community. But if anything, speaking my language made me feel more disconnected. What was the point of a language at all if the only people I could speak to was my family? So I set out to explore the idea of connection and disconnection through language. What happens when you don't know a language? And what happens when you know a version no one else does? So I spoke to Jamie the founder and director of Save Cantonese. Save Cantonese 
um, is an international movement that does work to not only promote um, language programs, but also protect them. We live in a, a society that kind of in a very monolingual world. And as a result of that, there's not infrastructure for, more, for minority languages. English wasn't my first language. I didn't even speak English fluently until I was in kindergarten, taught by my preschool teacher. I don't remember much since I was like five years old, but my parents often tell me stories about Miss Hartford and how she painstakingly took the time to teach me English from the very basics. I hear the stories every time we drive past the school, even though Miss Hartford retired years ago. Even today, my English carries some artifacts of my past. My pronunciations of words are a little wonky, like paneer versus paneer and wasp versus wasp. Don't worry, I fixed that one now. I no longer say wasp. For many, their language is something learned from birth. It's a skill you don't even remember developing, like learning to crawl or walk. It's an innate part of you that will probably never go away. That's how it is with me and my language. I can't remember a time when I didn't know it. But what happens when you miss that milestone? When there isn't a teacher to teach you painstakingly, and instead, you just continue growing up. Hi, my name's Adka. Both my parents are Telugu. And my mother tongue is Telugu, although I have a bit of a hard time speaking it. Telugu is a Dravidian language native to the Indian states of Andhra Pradesh and Telangana, where it is also the official language and spoken by 96 million people. So I think my relationship with Telugu is a bit interesting. I was not really heavily taught Telugu uh, growing up. That's one of my biggest regrets, and I think one of my parents' biggest regrets is that I never learned Telugu really well when I was a child. I sometimes let that frustration out on my parents and kind of question them, why exactly did you never teach me Telugu when I was growing up? This feeling of shame perpetuates throughout a lot of minority groups. There's this idea that you're missing out on that connection, and it's your fault. I felt this a lot growing up. Everyone around me spoke Tamar, and some could even write, and I couldn't do either. I remember when the language keyboards first came out on the iPhones, everyone was so excited and ready to show off the scripts of their special languages. But when I looked at Kannadas or Tamils, the script didn't really look like anything more than Swiggles. While my story is more about knowing this rare dialect, other people often feel the same way when it comes to exploring completely new languages. I also think that for anyone out there who feels like ashamed for their inability to speak fluently in a language, it helps to hear from someone like that it's not your fault, right? It's not like a personal failure. And But the other thing we have to do is sort of combat this culture that says that there's only one there's only one language in, the, in America or there's only one language in China, right? And I didn't really come to appreciate my own heritage until I took language classes because so much of my shame and my avoidance around my heritage was because I just felt so embarrassed by my inability to speak this language. I think that that's why I feel like language and identity and culture, we really can't talk about them separately. I agree. Because of my language, I feel lost in my Indian culture sometimes. As an immigrant, I feel lost between being Indian and being American. But even within my Indian culture, I don't know where I belong. In my acapella group, where we count fractions of certain ethnic groups, in my acapella group, where we count fractions of certain ethnic groups, 
I add the 0.5 to Tamil and the 0.5 to Kannada, even though my 23andMe tests show that I was mostly from Karnataka. But one thing that took me a while to realize was that even though my language couldn't connect me as much with the people around me, it will always be the heart of my being and crucial to my identity. It is my main connection to my varied past and heritage, as it is for many other multilingual people with more traditional experiences. I spoke to some of these multilingual people to learn more about how their language is crucial to their identity. Hi, my name is Southwick. I'd say there's certain things that like I can say in Telugu that I can't really say like in English or something and like it's just like certain topics like if anything is like culturally related I think it's easier to just describe it in Telugu. Hello, I'm Emily. I'm from Switzerland and um fascinated by languages and how they've brought me to the many places that I've been to. People I've met, relationships I've formed. I'm one of those crazy people that has four citizenships and I grew up speaking French, English and German. What's even more beautiful for me is my most profound friendships and relationships have been with people where I'm able to like speak multiple mm-hmm. languages. I feel complete, I feel whole. For Sathuk and Emily, language does what it's meant to do. create relationships, deepen our sense of connection with others. But for me, even though I knew a little bit about the origins of what I spoke, it still didn't feel whole, didn't feel complete. I wasn't satisfied. I was missing the detail, the vividness of it all. My mom led me to an interesting resource. My great-grandfather, who I knew as of his tata, was a fan of journaling. He wrote in a diary every single day, memorializing his everyday life. from what he ate for lunch to the daily tasks he did to his thoughts and his concerns i was excited about the opportunity this posed i wanted to sit down with him and learn everything he knew about these questions that i had a few months before i was to visit india he passed away along with him went the stories the diaries and a location unknown to the family his wife afisava has dementia the story is lost in a different way i felt like i had lost my only chance to make sense of this language i spoke and what it meant to me i hadn't taken action early enough and now all i was left with was scraps of a story i'd never be able to put together and unfortunately this is a common situation for many but you know before i started at stanford um like right before i was a freshman or right before i came to campus my grandfather died and i only had one remaining grandparent left my grandmother my popo and um i realized like oh my god i need to have real conversations with her i need to learn this language so that i can know her story and have more than just superficial conversations with her about you know what's for dinner and stuff like that language is constantly living breathing evolving changing Stories, culture, heritage all ride on language as a mode of transport from the past to the present and into the future. My relationship with this language still feels confusing. Sometimes I wonder if it will ever be resolved or if I'll always carry these questions around with me. 
many immigrant communities will continue to exist between worlds, just like me. But now, I've kind of learned to find a comfort in this, a connection to my lineage that lives through when I speak my native language. So when someone asks what I speak, the answer will remain a bit complicated. I don't really know. Somewhere between Tamil and Kannada, somewhere between Yanikateriyade and Nanigagottila.